0: Welcome to the Lanier Hills Church Sermon Podcast, where faith meets life. I'm Pastor Randall Popham, inviting you to explore wisdom from the Word with us. For more information, visit us online at lanierhills.com. Good morning. Man, I love my church. I love being here and worshiping with you. Who's grateful today that you get to come to church? Are you grateful? Yeah. Yeah. We are blessed, blessed people, and so grateful. I'm grateful we get to worship. I want to draw your attention to something. I want you to go ahead and, and uh, get your phone out and scan the QR code. We're having all kinds of crazy technical issues with um, lyrics and all of that, so they won't be on the screens this morning. I just them to turn it off. We want to, don't want to be dis- distracted. So if you want to have the sermon notes, you want the scriptures, It's all going to be on the QR code, so scan that and take it there. It'll see you'll have all of the notes that would be up there are there for you on your phone so you can follow along with me this morning. We're going to be in John chapter 10. We are going through the book of John, and we are talking about uh, Jesus. We're doing this whole idea of coming and seeing who Jesus is so we can get to know Him better and follow Him and and, because he's the lord and he tells us to come follow him so we want to see who he is and that's what john is writing about so we're going to take a moment and just go through john 10 in a in a few moments but i've got a question for you guys this morning i got a question how many of you have ever been led astray or influenced by someone who did not have your best interest in mind you ever had that it happens a lot when you're younger hopefully as you get older you get a little more keen to who's got your best interest in mind but i remember like one of my first times having something like that and i have i had a group of friends for that i met in middle school and middle school boys you're just you're just young and dumb right you just you know but we your brain's still trying to figure it all out go to a first sleepover with a bunch of friends from high school a bunch of boys and we were 13 years old and we go and we're staying at this my friend's house and, and i was still getting to know all these guys and and they didn't have any sense either <laughs> and they uh and they said the one boy it's his birthday i can't remember his name i remember who it was and he said um we're gonna watch a movie at midnight I'm like okay cool yeah and uh and he turned the movie on and it's nightmare on elm street anybody remember that movie <laughs> If you're a scary movie person, some, I mean, you know, you uh, Gen Xers, you know it, you know. That, it scared me to death. I don't think I slept for two weeks. And I'm not a scary guy. I'm not a scary movie guy. I don't like scary movies, you know. Um, I, I just don't. I, th- I think what you feed your mind, like you start, to, it, it makes your imagination. I'm not scared of the dark until I see movies about p- people attacking you in the dark, right? I'm not scared of going to sleep until I watch a movie about somebody coming in your dreams. (laughs) It's kind of amazing how that happens. But anyway, that allowed these guys to influence. I got so scared halfway through it. I got up and went outside, and I was scared to be outside by myself. I was just like, I was was weirded out. Anyway, I remember back, and I've got so many other stories about, um, and I'm sure you do, how you had got around certain people, and they influenced you to do something you normally wouldn't do. Or you thought they had your best interest in mind, and it wasn't. I bet we all have some regrets from listening to voices, right? That didn't have your best interest in mind. Maybe it was a relationship, or somebody pressured you to do something you didn't want to do. Maybe it was a group of friends. Maybe it was a boss that encouraged you to be, you know, uh, to do something you shouldn't do at work, and you did it anyway. You know, I mean, we all have got voices, and maybe it was a parent who influenced you the wrong way. See, voices are important. The voices in our life are important. Important. Here's why. Because voices shape our journey. The voices shape our journey. The direction of your life, listen, this is important. The direction of your life hinges on whom you give your ear to, who you listen to. That's what as parents, you know, you're trying to like choose your friends well. Because who you hang out with, who you listen to, they're going to influence you. But it's not just friends. As adults, we have influence as well. I'm also grateful for some great voices in my life, aren't you? If you had great parents and family members or friends or pastors or spiritual leaders in your life who spoke into you, you're very, very blessed because you are where you are today because of some of those people. 32 years ago, I had the opportunity. Brought home um, this gorgeous girl to my house to um, meet my mom. And I brought her home and, you know, she got to meet my mom. And after she left, my mom said, you don't need to mess that up. She's a keeper. She's a good one. Don't you mess that up. And, well, here we are celebrating today our 29th wedding anniversary today. Because I listened to my mom. (laughs) She knew, right? And if you've got a great mom who understands and you listen to her, um, man, that's important, right? Voices shape our journey. And today we're going to talk about the one voice, the most important voice that we can listen to, that shapes our journey, determines our destination and where we end up in life. It's the most important voice. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to be in John 10, where we're going to be. But before we get there, let's ask God to speak to us this morning. Let's ask for ears to hear his voice in our life. So would you pray with me this morning? Father, we humble ourselves before you, Maker, Creator. You are the creator, we are the creation. You are the king, we are your servants. You uh, you are the leader, we are the follower. And Lord, we come to you this morning submitting ourselves to you, and we ask this, Lord, we want to hear your voice. We ask for spiritual ears to hear spiritual words that change our life. We want to hear your voice fresh and clear this morning. We pray for spiritual eyes to see things in the spirit and in the mind and imagination that are from you. We ask, Lord, for a a mind that can understand truth and deceive truth from lies and have discernment, Lord. Lord, we ask for hearts that take what we see, what we hear, what we understand, and put them into practice in our life. And we pray we do more than know you this. And we pray we'd feel your presence and experience you today and walk out of here different. Lord, get me out of the way. I pray people would just hear your voice today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John 10 is where we're at. We've gone through John 8 and 9 the last couple of months, and John 8... And nine, Jesus is at the Feast of the Tabernacles, right? He's at the Feast of the Tabernacles, and he is teaching. It's a big celebration of uh, where God brought the Israelites out of captivity, and they're remembering this celebration. Jesus shows up, and he's teaching. So everybody's here. It's one of the biggest holidays of the Jewish uh, culture. And so they're there, and they are, um, Jesus is teaching in the temple, and he ticks off some people. He's healed some people and done different things. He's, t- he's ticked off the religious leaders, there the jewish leaders they didn't like what he had to say but he's got some words for them here in john 10 and look what he says let's follow it's a lot to read i'm going to come back and explain it but here's what he says very truly i tell you pharisees so who's he talking to pharisees he's talking to jewish leaders spiritual um, religious leaders anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs instant by some other way is a thief and a robber the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech. But the, ph- the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. So he explains. Here's what he says. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Very clear. I'm very, I am the gate for the sheep. And all who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. And whoever enters through me will be saved. And they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief he only comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks and flo- the flock and scatters it. And the man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father I lay down my sh- and I lay down my life for the sheep I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen I must bring them in also I must bring them also they too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down for on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. All right. So, a lot of us talk about sheep, shepherds. Where are sheep herders in here today? None? All right. Okay. So we don't really get it. We don't understand sheep and, her, and sheep herders. Good news is neither did they, because they, even though he says they had no idea what he was talking about. Right. So let's break it down a little bit. And I've done a little research and, and I've, I went to I, a few years ago, I went to Lebanon right near where they're fighting today with Hezbollah and, and the uh, Israelites. And I was with some guy, some people and we were riding along and, and we come around this corner in our vehicle and all of a sudden there are sheep everywhere in the middle of our, little, in our road and they're coming over the hill just like just coming over and then you come see them running behind them little shepherds little guys you know and they're running along with their staff and they're trying to you know they're prodding them getting them back into the right place and getting them down and, and they came over this mountain and we just watched and I was going back to images and you know scriptures of just thinking about all of this and I was trying to soak it all in like alright this is I've read about it all my life here we are sheep right here's what I learned sheep are pretty dumb Right? We're pretty dumb, aren't we? You've probably all seen the videos online of somebody pulling the sheep out of the ditch and as soon as they get it out, it runs and jumps back in the ditch. Anybody feel like that sheep sometimes? Sheep, they're not very smart, but they need a shepherd. And so they, you know, takes them they prods them along. And, and as we watch, he took them down in this valley and it's right before, before the mountain of transfiguration. It was this beautiful story. It's just amazing to be there, experience that. But it doesn't mean I'm a shepherd. It doesn't mean I know it all. But here's what I know. In this story jesus starts off by talking about sheep he says there's a sheep pen and the sheep pen is where when they weren't out in the in the valley or out in the on the green pastures they would put them into pens a sheep fold and they would put them in there and they would have a gate that they'd let the sheep come in and out and they would stay safe for the night away from the wolves and away from the different dangers that came but there was a shepherd and shepherds that guarded this gate because that's the only way anybody could get in and Jesus uses this analogy, he says the sheep are the kingdom of God, this is the people of God. And throughout the Old Testament, the sheep are often referenced as the Jewish people. He's saying he's talking to the Pharisees. He's saying the Jewish people, he's saying these are my sheep. God's chosen people that he chose even before Isaac and Esau were born, it says God chose want to love one and hate the other one before they could even do anything wrong. Why? Because it says, because God wanted to and he loved one. And he chose those sheep. And so he's talking about those sheep. He says, these sheep, there have been voices that have come along and tried to take and steal away these sheep and try to hurt them. And there's been false voices. And he's kind of addressing some of these Pharisees. And as they hear this Jesus begins to explain that there's only one true shepherd there's only one way into the gate into the sheepfold. he says I am the gate I'm the one that brings the shepherd the sheep in and out and he says I bring them in and out and they follow my voice they listen to my voice and because they follow my voice they go in and out and they enjoy the pastures they enjoy protection he says, but those sheep, those, I mean, those robbers and those thieves and those deceivers, those other voices, they come to still. They only want to kill. They want to destroy the sheep. Jesus says, but I, as the good shepherd, I came that you may have life and have a full life. It's an image of sheep enjoying the pasture and the protection. He says, how do you know what a good shepherd is? How do you know what the good shepherd is? So Here's what the good shepherd does. The good shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. He will give his life. But he says, paid, paid shepherds who don't own the sheep, they will run. But the good shepherds lay down his life. And he goes on to say, and I lay down my life. No one takes it from me. On my, I do it on my own accord. I lay it down for them. And then he says something very interesting. He says this. He says, there are sheep not of this pen, and I need to bring them out also. So, as he's talking to these Jews, he's saying, There's some others. They're not a part of this flock yet. And we need to, I'm going to, my job is to bring them in. Now, what does that have to do with any today? It tells us this that his, his, his call and his job isn't just to bring, it's to save the Jews, but it extends to all. That. It's not just them as to all of them and so today here we are you know what we are we are those sheep who are not a part of that original pen but we have become through faith through Jesus we've become a part of that flock so let's go to this what's happening today in the Middle East with the Jews Palestinians Hezbollah all, I mean all of that what's going on there today and I've got a lot of questions from people. My last Sunday after church, we got home and had all the family around, and, and they're like, Dad, what's going on? What, what does it have to do? Why do we care about what's happening to the Jews? What's, what's the deal with all of that? And so I gave them a, little, a brief history of all and talked about it. But I want us to understand today here's why we care about what's happening to the Jews because we are part of that flock. We are one flock. Jesus said here. I, he's talking to that flock of Jews. The chosen people. And, he's saying, and he says there's people who aren't even a part of it yet. And I'm going to bring them in. And for the last 2,000 years. Everybody who came by faith. Became part of this flock. Of God's chosen people. That he loves. And for, I don't know why. But God knows why. But he chose one nation to reveal himself to. The world through it. And it's called the Jewish people. And he's, those are his chosen people. Now. And he says, and all of those who are descendants of Abraham, there's blood descendants and there's faith descendants. We are the faith descendants who come in by faith. So why do we care? Because we're part of that flock. And here's what we know throughout the scripture says, those who bless Israel will be blessed. I don't know about you guys. I want to be blessed. We're part of that family. It talks about in the end times that a lot's going to happen that revolves around Israel and not in America, but what evolves around Israel, and I've had people asking me this, do you think we're in the end times? Because some of you are thinking that. And I've even had people, why don't you preach on this? Tell us about the Israelites and how this all works in the end times. Here's what I'm pretty sure of. Every generation thought they were in the end times. Right? And I also know this, no one knows the date or the time. So I, there's people getting out, oh, we're here, it's gonna bear to happen. Listen, if you think you got it figured out, I bet Jesus is like, I'm not coming back then because he's not it's going to come like a thief in the night when no one is expecting it if we're all sitting around and expecting it's probably not going to happen but here's what i do know too third thing i know when jesus left us in the last command he said here's what he said i've given you i have all authority now go out into the world and try to figure out when i'm coming back is that what he said what he say? Go make disciples. Go bring more sheep into the flock. You know what Jesus' heart is? It's about the flock, about bringing more people in. So whether if he comes back, if we knew, he's coming, we're in the end times, and he's coming back, guess what we need to be doing? Not sitting around like getting our ducks in order. You know what we need to be doing? Go and making more sheep and bringing them into the flock. If it isn't the end times, you know what we need to be doing? Go bringing more sheep into the flock. That's Jesus' heart. And if you're so focused on are we on the end times, the enemy has you right where you want. You're crippled and you're not being effective in the kingdom. The kingdom is about making disciples. Why? Because his call isn't just to the Jews, it's to everyone. So let's take all this up. What is all of this about? It's about hearing the voice of the shepherd. The true voice, it's about having discernment. And discernment, listen, in whom we trust and follow is paramount. Having discernment, whether this is the voice of God and this isn't. He he gives a warning, he says, there are false sheep. If you listen to them, they came to steal, kill, and destroy. But if you follow me, I'll take you out into the pastures. You'll have life abundant. I am the true shepherd. And if you hear my voice, then you'll be saved. See, discernment in whom we trust and follow is the most important. Why? Because voices shape our journey. And we need to be able to discern because there's voices all around us. The people you love and care about, they have voices. They speak into your life. And we need to be careful to say, is that really the voice of God speaking through them? There's voices in culture, on social media. There's voices everywhere. There's voices about pluralism. And this is being taught in college and other places where, hey, all of the religions are true. They're just all right. You believe what you want to believe. And we all end up making it in the end. Secularism is a voice that out there, is out there. And, and, and materialism that says, you know what? If you want to be happy, you just need to have more stuff. Have more pleasures. And we hear, see that everywhere. Every commercial that comes online is a materialistic point of view it's saying you're not happy until you have this that's what every good advertiser does you're not happy until you have this thing Um, what else um, cynicism cynicism is this it takes you know what I'll take a little bit of this religion and I'll take this religion and oh that's good too and and I'll take a little bit of humanism and I'll take a little bit of this you know Buddhism and I'll take a little bit of new age and and I'll take some of this Christian stuff of loving people we got to do that too and you synchronize it all together and you got your own religion and that's where most people in America are today but listen those voices are not the voice of God and discernment teaches us to discern what is his voice and what's not? I love what Charles Spurgeon said this. He said this, discernment, listen, this is good. Discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. Discernment is knowing the difference between right and almost right. Almost right. Sounds good. There was a little bit of Jesus thrown in there too. Oh, God wants us to be healthy and happy. And all. Oh, that sounds good too. Oh, I'm sure of that. So you throw all of these things and you end up with a voice and that voice is not the voice of Jesus. So we have to get to the place we recognize the genuine from the counterfeit. What's really his voice and what's not? And how do you do that? Well, you familiarize familiarize yourself with the traits of Jesus's voice. I'm sure everybody in here, somebody calls you and you don't know the number and you pick it up and the first few seconds you hear the voice, if you know them, you know who it is. But you know the voice. You know who it is, right? You're like, I just know him. You know the voice because you're familiar with the voice. I was talking to a or I listened to a pastor a few years ago, and he was talking about a um, hearing the voice of God. And and as he was talking, he said he had gone out with a police officer, and who was uh, they were riding around for the night, and he got to just hang out with him, and and all night long, you know, they, they have these radios that are just constantly talking. They're calling out numbers, calling things, and. You know, it's just constantly talking he said they were riding down the road and and the radio the the the, the radio was on and they're calling out all these numbers and and it had been going on for about an hour then all of a sudden he said oh we got to go turn on his lights and took off he's like how do you know we got to go he said because they just called my number and told me what i need to do and he's like how do you know he's like i've trained my ear to listen to the voice that i need to hear it's the same with us in this world of voices that bombard us through social media and listen if you don't think there are voices they're everywhere listen I can tell you what, I love some Netflix, but I can tell you what, Netflix has an agenda and a, and a message. I love binging on some good shows and other things, but listen, if you aren't able to discern, you'll say, oh, that's truth, when it's not truth. So we have to familiarize ourselves with the voice of Jesus. And how do we do that? Here's five traits. Let me give you five traits of his voice so you can recognize it. The first trait of Jesus' voice is this is that Jesus' voice always aligns with Scripture. Always. It doesn't conflict with Scripture. Here's what Scripture says, Second Timothy. All Scripture is breathed out by God. He spoke it out through people, and they wrote it down. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training, for righteousness, that the man of God or woman of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. He says this is the voice of God speaking out. So here's not what's going to happen. God isn't gonna like give you some voice that contradicts what's already been written out for us. It's gonna line up with that. And in our culture, here's what we have today: we have people who stand up on Sunday mornings or get online or write books, and they will say, you know, we have some new revelations. And culture tells us this today. It tells the culture, it says, you know, what that meant then is not really what it meant. And it means something different now. Can I tell you what? What God's word meant then, it means today, and it's going to mean for eternity. His voice and his words never change. So if you hear a voice that contradicts scripture, you're not listening to the right voice. You know what that is? That's the voice of a robber and a thief who came to steal, kill, and destroy. We have to ask ask yourself this. Does this message, this voice that you're listening to, does it it align with the teachings and the principles of the Bible? If not, it's a destructive voice. Second thing, Jesus' voice produces fruitful outcomes. See, the the fruit of the Spirit, of Jesus' voice is the fruit of the Spirit, right? In Galatians 5.22, it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self control. Those voices, he says that when you listen to his voice, you know what's going to come out of your life? More love. Now, let's not mistake love for the culture's definition of love. You know how the world defines love today? Love equals acceptance. It is completely okay to love people and not accept what they do. Accept, love does not equal acceptance. You know what love means? Jesus showed us what love, he even says in the scripture. You know what the good shepherd does? He lays down his life and serves. He doesn't say, and love just accepts everybody. Now, Jesus accepts everybody as they are, but you know what? He loves them too much to leave them there. See, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, those are the fruits of the Spirit. So when you're listening to voices in your life, and if they don't bring more love, they don't bring more joy, they don't bring more peace, more guidance, or more self-control, if they don't make you more patient, it may not be the voice of God. See, the thing we have today is we don't have Jesus here literally speaking into us. You know what we have? We have the Spirit of God inside of us leading us guiding us and when we listen to his voice through the jesus through jesus's voice through the spirit it produces that fruit in our life so if you're trying to figure out all right what who's how do i find who should i listen to you ask yourself this question what kind of fruit will following this voice produce is it going to make me more anxious is it going to make me less self-control that's how you know the voice of the lord third trait of the voice of the lord is this jesus's voice leads to constructive conviction this is this is good listen constructive conviction a lot of people mistake god's voice for condemnation i've had people say you know i love it when you preach it hard and you make us feel bad You you brought it day. I felt like man. You stepped on my toes, right? If it doesn't lead to a constructive change and brought condemnation, you weren't hearing God's voice. See, Jesus is about change, construction, constructive conviction there's a difference between conviction and condemnation condemnation says you're worthless you're useless you're not you'll never make a change you'll never be used by God you'll never have a future you should take your life that's what condemnation does you know who that voice that is we saw last week that the Satan is the every voice everything he says is a lie and it's a father of the lies but Jesus' voice leads to conviction. Matter of fact, Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If we're in Jesus and we feel condemned, then we're listening to the wrong voice. But Jesus' voice brings conviction that leads to change. So when I saw those shepherds out there that day, those guys they could run around and chasing those sheep around, the sheep are going all over the place. They had staffs in their hand. You know, and they would take that staff and they would is that when they would run out of line, they'd get that staff and they would kind of prod them back in. They'd move them back in. You know, occasionally one of the sheep might get really far out and they would take the hook on the end and pull them back. You know what they never did? They never took the end and beat the sheep. Condemnation is the beating down, beating down. Construction is saying, I'm gonna take this rod and I'm gonna move you back. And that's how Jesus deals with this. He says, all right, you need to get back in line. I love you the pasture's out there you're going the wrong way let's get to the pasture (laughs) this is where the good stuff is and it and it may not feel good when he gives you a little push or brings the hook around your neck and says you're way out of line let's come on back It may not feel good but he does it because it's constructive that's the voice right now some of you feel condemned worthless and useless stop listening to the enemy Scripture tells us it's the love of God that leads us to repentance. When we feel his love and knows how much he loves us and how much he cares for us, as a shepherd who lays down his life for us, when we hear that voice, we recognize he loves me so much. I'm, I, I want to follow him and listen to his voice. That's the voice of God. Ask yourself, does this voice I'm listening to, does it lead to constructive conviction or a sense of condemnation or unworthiness fourth thing, fourth trait of Jesus' voice is Jesus' voice is affirmed by godly wisdom in Hebrews Paul tells the, the church in Hebrews and, or the Hebrews there, he says this remember your leaders he says in Hebrews, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. He's saying, remember the words they said and remember those leaders. Consider the outcome of their way of life. And he says, and imitate their faith. He's saying, listen, you don't want to know how to live and what's right. He's saying, look at those who are doing it. Look at those who are getting out there in front of you. He says, remember them, what they said. If what you're listening to does not line up with what you see in godly people and leaders, then you might be listening to the wrong voice. See, there's voices out there who want to speak what their interpretation and their voices, and they want to speak in what they believe is right, but it doesn't line up with what godly leaders have to say. And here's what you, in your own life, here's a great question. Would mature godly individuals, or church leaders I respect, confirm or deny this message? So you're thinking, what would, what would Sarah do in this position? would she listen to this would this line up with what she said and what she has taught me would this go along with what i've heard all my life and in the scriptures and taught the people with my parents who love jesus what would they say and listen if it does not line up with what godly people have done in all their life then you're probably listening to a voice that has come to steal kill and destroy so ask yourself simple what would godly people do who would they listen to this what would they say And if you're having a hard time, listen, going and talking to somebody, saying, I know what they're going to say, because I'm not going to go talk to them, that's a good sign you're off track. And finally, Jesus' voice is unswayed by personal desires. See, in our own life, you know what we do? We're all biased. We hear what we want to hear. We see what we want to see. We look for the things we want to confirm what we believe. But to really hear the voice of God, we've got to step out of our own personal desires and say, all right, I recognize I could be swayed. What I want to be true. And I may look for it in the scriptures. And I I saw a pastor, not a pastor, I saw a guy on Instagram. If you're getting your theology from Instagram, you might be off track. And I saw this guy and he's on there. He's like, all about saying you know what there there are some good theologians who think differently about sexuality and the way it's been taught all these years the, and the people are all in the past were off base and now we have this new revelation about sexuality and what it means to to be in relationships and, and you can imagine where he was going with all this and here's what i wanted to be like you know what all he's doing he was saying there's scripture that back it up i'm like not in my book you're looking for scriptures to try to back it up, and you have to dig deep and twist it and turn it. Then you're going to find some false prophet to back up what you want. You are swayed by your own interpretation of what you're finding, what you want to find. But Jesus' voice is unswayed by personal desires. Here's what you need to recognize is this, Jeremiah 17, 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Right? and display and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Here's what he's saying. If you're just going off your own interpretation and own desires, your heart is sick. we are all got a sick heart. But what do we do then? If our own desires don't line up with what Scripture says, then what do we do? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understandings not what you want it to say and what you think it should say and what you hoped it would say, but on your own understandings and in all your ways, acknowledge He is the Creator. You're the creation. He's the one that guides. He is the shepherd and you are the sheep. And here's what He'll do. He'll make your path straight. he will say, all right, let's get in line. Come on, we're going over here. The good water's down here. The life you really desire the life I want for you, the life of fruitfulness, the life of impact, the life of, of, of spiritual fruit, it's down here when you trust in Him. Years ago, even as a young man, I began to realize the most important thing for my life as a Christian is to be able to hear God's voice and follow him. That's the most important. After faith, I want to hear him and call him in. But the rest of the journey is about hearing the shepherd's voice and letting him guide me in every decision and every conversation and everything in life. So I began to pray for myself. Lord, give me ears to hear. That's why I pray it every week, guys. Give me ears to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice because if we don't hear it, we're just doing our own thing. So I started praying for my children and my wife, and I started praying, Lord, give them ears. The most important prayer I prayed for my kids, Lord, help them to hear your voice and follow you. You want to know what to pray for your kids, your grandkids, your family, your spouse? Lord, help them to hear your voice and follow you. That's what it all comes down to. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. How do you follow him if you don't hear his voice? It's all about hearing his voice. Can you hear his voice? It's essential. He says, I've come that may, you may have life and have it to abundance. And here's how, by listening to my voice. So on a beautiful Sunday morning like this, where you could have gone up to the mountains, you could be sitting at an apple orchard right now sipping some cider and watching the leaves fall. You know what you do? You came to church. You came to church today. You know why? Because you love Jesus. A lot of you love Jesus. All right? You love him, and then you're here. Now, you're going to go do that later. But you love Jesus, but I want to remind you, even as a follower of Jesus, we can never stop listening to the shepherd's voice. And I want to challenge you. Listen, keep, keep, keep striving daily Lord, give me ears to hear your voice. I want to listen to you. I want to to follow you. Protect my mind from the lies of the enemy. Give me discernment in my daily life. So keep on at it. If you're doing it, keep going. Don't stop and start. When you lose discernment, man, you start losing your way. Start hearing, keep hearing the voice of God. Keep striving to hear him. And some of you, you've backed off. you just kind of, ah, it's been a while since I've been in the scriptures. It's been a while since you prayed. It's been a while since you heard his voice. I want to encourage you, get back to seeking his voice in your life. If you don't know Jesus, the scripture says this. He says, there's more sheep that need to come into my pen. And he's talking about you, that you need to come into the sheep pen. And how do you do that? It's through him, by faith in him, by trusting in him. That's how you come into the pen. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your voice this morning in our life that you love us so much, that you speak to us, you guide us, you listen, and and you, you lead us into green pastures. You're the good shepherd who protects us and provides for us, who leads us in and out. Thank you. Can you just thank God right now? If he's your shepherd, would you thank him for being such a good shepherd? Just tell him, thank you. Would you thank him for the voices in your life already who've gotten you where you are today? Thank him that he wants to speak into your life today and daily. Now, ask him to help you hear his voice clearer than you ever have in your life. Father, we thank you for speaking into our lives today. We thank you for your voice. Would you do the work inside of us of continually. Producing a desire to hear your voice. Would you help us to discern your truth, what's right from what's almost right? Just to hear you and experience the life of following you as a shepherd. Now, if you don't know Jesus and you're not one of his, the invitation is open this morning to come put your faith in Jesus. Believe that the way that you enter heaven, the way you are saved from sins and all your that you've done is to believe that he was the good shepherd who laid down his life for you and if you will trust that he died for your sins and died for you and believe in that then he opens the gate and you're welcome in you become a part of this flock protected and provided for by Jesus so right now just say in heart Lord I want to follow you I want you to be my shepherd thank you for laying down your life for me Now I want to follow you. Father, we love you. We thank you for speaking into our hearts and our minds today. Thank you. Give us ears to hear you every day. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray.